Welcome to the Decompression Chamber. I'm Andrea, and joining me this week is Tim Cochran. How are you doing today, Tim? Outstanding. Outstanding, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Ah, thanks for coming on. Uh, really, really excited to get your story. They always say, once a Marine, always a Marine. I knew you were a Marine, and that was about as much as I knew. So uh, really happy to have you uh, on today and, uh, and filling me in. But, uh, of course, Marines are made. They're not born, necessarily. So uh, where were you born? <laughs> well, if you didn't notice with this Brooklyn accent, uh, it, born in, and, and raised Brooklyn, New York. Um, you know, pretty inner, you know, not so interesting story. Eight kids in a two bedroom apartment in Sunset Park, you know, so, wow. uh, Marine Corps turned out to be my best option. Well, yeah, you're probably just blown away by the amount of space that you got in boot camp. You know, you got your own rack. Yeah, Holy cow. Exactly. <laughs> my, my own bunk bed. Yeah, you didn't have to share it with anybody. The life of luxury. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm one of uh, eight kids. So. Uh, wow. We are had, you? We have five boys in one bedroom, three girls in another, and and mom and dad in the living room type of thing. So. Holy cow! Now, were you? Where were you in that order? Oldest, youngest, middle? I'm number uh, six. Number uh, six. Two, two younger brothers. Yeah. Okay, well, at least you weren't picked last, so that's... Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I, I was kind of lost in the shuffle, trust me. Or did it? Did you kind of feel like uh, you didn't do enough to deter your parents from having more children, so feel like you kind of failed? But I, I, I don't even know how they had time or where they, they actually had the opportunity, so yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's like, it's amazing to me. And you think about what... So I, had, I wound up having four kids myself, and... And when I think back on, you know, my old man was a cop on oh, wow. a cop salary, raising eight kids and anywhere, anytime. It's just amazing uh, how they got through, but they did. And everybody seems to have done well. And uh, that's amazing. You know, it, it was a different time, you know, but we well, you know, different time or not. I mean, a big city life to have that deep of a bench yeah. <laughs> is yeah. impressive, you know, and no matter what your job is, whether you're a cop or, you know, you're uh, doing something else. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a huge responsibility and not, not a lot of real estate to raise them on. No, um, my old man worked a lot of overtime. Let's put it that way. I, I can imagine if, if for no other reason, just to get out of the house, probably. <laughs> like, uh... Exactly. No doubt about it. <laughs> Sounds like a pressure cooker. So, okay. So you're uh sunset park, Brooklyn. And, uh, what, you know, obviously you see civil service all around you with your dad being a cop, but did you yeah. have know anyone in the military, anyone in your family or what'd you so think? So my about? uncle Frank was, uh, was a Sergeant major in the Marine Corps. Wow. Um, and, uh, Korean war vet, you know, frozen chosen. My uncle Joey was, was a, a Marine Corps vet. You know, my uncle Philly, my uncle Bobby. I mean, it was just my father was one of seven. Uh, wow. And my mother was, you know, had, had uh, four, four in her family. You know, it was just everybody served back then, you know. So it was sure. always part of growing up. Um, and the Marine Corps, uh, you know, was, was kind of brought home by my uncle Frank because he really put his life into it. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like. I mean, you don't make it to E9 by accident. I mean, you're, <laughs> that's your, that's your path. 
Wow. So, uh, you know, wrapping up high school, is that something that you wanted to do right out of high school? Did you take a year? Yeah, well, look, I, you know, I, I often tell the story that I was, uh, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking about the military, but, um, you know, and as a senior in high school, I was working a 40 hour week in McDonald's, you know, it was like, really? you know, everybody worked and, and, um, sure. I, uh, had the opportunity to, uh, you know, I, I, I often say I was a postage staff because I met the, uh, Marine Corps recruiter coming through the drive through one night. And he was like, you know, at, at that point, my claim to fame, I was the youngest, uh, assistant manager in the tri-state area for McDonald's at 17, or, you know, um, not half bad. And, uh, you know, it came through and he was like, what are you doing in this one way loser job? And I was loser. I'm system manager, you know, and, yeah. uh, days later I was in Syracuse with my hand in the air, you know, it's oh, like, <laughs> but I got a guaranteed MOS, you know, little did I know where that was going to lead me. Uh, yeah. but you know, I, I figured I was going nowhere. Um, my career yeah. was not going to college. That was not an option for me. Uh, McDonald's, I didn't see as a career path at the time. And, uh, to be able to get an electronics, uh, background in, in the Marine Corps and guaranteed sounded like a great path for me. And, you Absolutely. know, uh, you know, that's why I often tell people is that, you know, I, as, as you know, we've been blessed to spend so much time with thousands and thousands of men and women as they transitioned out of the military. Yes. I'd love to say there were all these great patriots that were going in the Marine Corps or the army because they wanted to serve uncle Sam. But the fact of the matter is, is it's the best option for most of them. They'll leave in oh, small sure. town USA, kind of like, you know, uh, and, and taking advantage of it. The problem lies when they get out, right? Because yes. they don't know how to trans transition those skills into meaningful employment. So. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The path is not always paved. Sometimes that trail has to be, has to be blazed, but. Right. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and that was my case, you know, I get in the Marine Corps and, uh, I was blessed. I get this electronics background and all, but you know, they shipped my ass off to Guantanamo Bay. And so, uh, oh, yeah. I, I okay. wound up, you know, being the mind detector repair man, um, and, and oh, Gitmo, goodness. you know, and right. And like, nobody signs up to be the mind detector repair man. And, 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 and yeah. then when you're coming out, nobody's looking for a mind detector repair man. So, yeah. If they are, you're, I mean, you're looking at, Africa, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're not working in the States. Exactly. It's like, dude, where am I going? You know, and, and, and so, uh, for all these men and women that do go in, that's, that's the biggest hurdle is, you know, what I did in the military. And like I said, nobody signs up for that job. Right. So you might get assigned a job like that. I thought I was going to go into communications. I wind right. up in the minefields of Guantanamo. Um, and, uh, you know, you're coming out and you don't know what that looks like into a a great job. Right. Um, Not to mention, you know, maybe I wanted to go into healthcare, but yet, you know, I was sold by the recruiter on technology, you know, took whatever the hell I could get. That was my option. Of course. So, you know, a lot of those things play into, uh, you know, what happens to folks as they're coming out. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Now, did you spend uh, your entire enlistment down in Guantanamo? And how long was your enlistment? Four years? Just about, yeah. Four years, you know, six. Wow. Uh, two inactive. 
Um, mm -hmm. I was two years out in school, over a year in, in Gitmo, and then uh, I was connected to an engineer platoon um, down in Lejeune. I came out of Eighth Engineers, and that's when I got out of the Marine Corps. Okay, um, okay. Wow. So, yeah, and, and it was like, look, you know, even it sounds like, holy crap, he's walking around in minefields. And, dude, we, it, Gitmo, um, you know, it was a desert island. So, you yeah. know, you're nine, yeah. you're 20 years old, you know, it's like, you're, yeah. the, the, the one thing is that, uh, you know, most of our days ended at 11, 12 o'clock when it got too hot to get out in the sun, you know, you don't want to be messing around and, with equipment and, uh, you know, oh, yeah. slippery hands. And, uh, you know, next step was you're on a beach. So, um, but yeah. at the time you're not thinking about, you know, life and so. I, I I had a really good experience overall in the in the Marine Corps, but I couldn't wait to get the hell out. I was oh, like, of course. Yeah. And yeah. nobody was gonna tell me what I was gonna do. It was like, give me my DD two fourteen and get me the hell out of here. I'm oh, done. Of course, yeah. I, I I could not wait. I mean, everyone always talking about reenlisting for the benefits. <laughs> what have you been here the last four years? <laughs> yeah, right. Like the reenlistment bonus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, of course, you're still a young guy. You're you're getting out. Did you have any inkling of what you're gonna do? I mean, probably well, not go I, back I to really McDonald's. Did. But... I, I I thought I was gonna. My um, I had met a girl, uh, who I, I felt I was gonna marry, and her brother was a Verizon um executive, and I thought for sure I'd get a technology job, and then I didn't qualify. Um, oh, and so I thought I was going to go into communications that didn't work out. And then I literally was on 20 interviews. I just had no business being on. I was lost. I thought for oh, sure, yeah. you know, I'd be a cop or a fireman. That was going to be my route. Sure. Um, I only wound up at the New York stock exchange through sheer luck. And then the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, through sheer luck, of course, but uh, how do you get into that? I mean, right place, right time. Who do you meet? Absolutely. I, I mean, it was one of those um, people knew I was looking for a job. I had come back home. I was living in my sister's basement on a cot, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, somebody called them, me up and said, hey, I know the guy who runs technology at the, the New York Stock Exchange and he's former military. He said he'd give you an interview. Amazing. Um, and I was like, I'm in. And I went yeah. in and, and I'll never forget it. I, I sat down in front of this guy and he, he, he said, all right, he laid a schematic out in front of me. And he said, all right, follow the signal from there to there. Uh, and tell me, you know, how it goes through these transistors and capacitors and all. And I looked at it, my face turned white, sweat started coming down. <laughs> I was like, you know, he goes, you've never seen anything like this before, have you? I said, never. He reached down and grabbed it, rolling a ball, shot it in the basket. He said, shit. You're uh, you survived Paris Island. I can train you, and uh, amazing. Rest was history. Next thing you know, I'm fixing ticket tape machines on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> what? Yeah. It, what? It was crazy. No, but then I was like, you know, and and you know, I'm a faithful guy. Uh, sure. I I know God. You know, puts us where He wants us to be, uh, and there are no coincidences. And I was literally, I, I was blessed with really good people in my life from that point on, you know. Uh, and I struggled. I mean, I had problems with substance abuse. 
you know, I was, I was heading really down the rabbit hole because I really felt one of the biggest things I hit was I didn't feel like I fit in. Uh, yes. You know, Imposter syndrome. You know, I get on the floor of the exchange and who's got a Wharton's degree, who's got a Princeton degree, whose father got off the Mayflower. It's like, holy hell, I don't fit in here. You know, get me back in uniform and get me a weapon. Um, yeah. So I struggled with that. Um, sure. On top of just adjusting to, you know, being a civilian. But yeah. uh, really cool story. I'm walking across the floor, literally like the second week I'm there. And this guy taps me on the shoulder and he says, hey, hey, hey kid, where'd you get that tie clip? And I was wearing a Marine Corps tie clip. People yeah. wore ties back then. I know, of all things, uh, the horror. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I said, what the hell are you talking about? I earned it. And he started laughing. He said, come with me, kid. And uh, that guy turned out to be Command Sergeant Major Peter Haas. Now, Peter Haas has a room named after him down at the Marine Corps Museum. Uh, down in Quantico. Yeah, he was Chesty Fuller's uh, Command Sergeant Major in the Frozen Chosen, right? The most decorated Marine Corps officer of all time. And this guy served with him. Uh, and I found out they had a bit of a Marine Corps mafia on the floor of the exchange. A bunch of guys. Of course they to. do. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and so I entwined myself with them and had good mentors and, uh, you know, Next thing you know, I'm a stockbroker. And then it was just crazy. Well, and I just like the the Marine veterans, they didn't have a union because that would suggest, you know, <laughs> organization and advocacy. It was a mafia <laughs> using violence and terrorism. <laughs> uh, listen, you, you, go with, you go with what you know. <laughs> uh, but that's great uh, just to have that that connection. and uh, And really, I mean, I imagine... This well, listen, you, you know as well as I know, and, I, and, and, and the Marine Corps obviously is, a, is, is an interesting bunch, uh, but whether it's Navy, Army, you know, Air Force, the platform that you're coming off of, the basic disciplines that you have, you know, it's different than yes. what you see coming out of school in corporate America, and I'm sorry, those folks set themselves apart. They yes. do you know, they're, they're higher than their average college degree person coming out of school. Now, listen, some people, you know, obviously excel one way or the other, but there is a foundation that you bring to the table being in the military that oh, yeah. you, the problem is, is we don't know how to utilize it. We don't know how to sell it um, so that the, those slimy civilians can figure out exactly <laughs> what we do bring to the table. It takes time. And by then you've gone through a lot of changes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I just, I know people cause I'm, I'm from California originally. I know people who've never left and you know, in California, especially the Bay area, you do get to experience a lot of different things, but if you've never left there, it shows. And I, I see these people and it's like, are you a person? What, what happened? <laughs> it's exactly. impossible to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Plenty to be said for military service, just your ability to uh, to endure and uh, just not raise an eyebrow to the craziest thing anyone else has ever seen. Uh, you know, staying calm under pressure. Uh, so what what year is it that, uh, I mean, because you're working on stock exchange, but then you actually get, like you say, you get mentored, you become a stockbroker yourself. Uh, about yeah. what, what year is this? 
Yeah, so um, I get to the floor in 85. Uh, and then uh, around 88, so 85, mm -hmm. I get down there as a, a technician fixing the machines, right? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, the, when you, you know, like trading places, you got thousands yeah. of people screaming paper. Every single trade was put on a piece of paper um, and, and uh, would go in the machine. And that's what you would see go out to the world. Yeah. Uh, and, and we fixed those machines. And so I was assigned a post, post 12, which is not there anymore. But when I, when they knocked it down, they actually gave me the symbol. I should put it up in here. Um, yeah, yeah, but I have course. the post 12 symbol. That was my post on the floor. Uh, wow. And I was the only technician who went on to be a member of the exchange and own a seat. Um, so it was a crazy run. But yeah. um, one of the guys... Um, one of the guys down there was what they call the specialist was out of his mind. And if he had a bad day or a bad trade, he'd, you know, he'd break the machine, stick his ham sandwich in it, pour his coffee, whatever, oh. and take it out on the equipment. And one day the exchange individual. came down and said, listen, you break that damn machine one more time. We don't give a shit how much money you make. Your ass is out of here. We're suspended for it. So, and when they walked away, he came over to me and said, hey, Timmy, do me a favor, stand here. If I lose my mind, fix the damn machine before the exchange finds out, I'll give you a hundred bucks a week. All right. Now, back in 88, that was a lot of money, a hundred bucks a week. I never moved from that spot. But when oh, of I, course not. While I was standing there, you know, after a few weeks, he said, you know, shit, why am I giving you a hundred bucks a week? Why don't I make you my clerk? I teach you how to trade. And then if I break the machine, you can fix it while... You're yeah. standing there. Yeah. And the firm pays you. Of Next course. thing you know, I'm a specialist clerk. And then I was working for a firm. And and that time, like capital marks were exploding up into the late 80s, into the early 90s. I mean, every American had a stock brokerage account, right? With Charles Schwab or whatever. And and I still do. everything was going through the New York Stock Exchange. So there was an incredible amount of opportunity. Um, and I seized it. I had a friend of a friend type of thing who came over to me one day and said, hey, there's a seat available. You know, you you can do this. Why don't you become uh, a stockbroker uh, and become an independent floor operator? Take a lease. Worst case scenario is you fail. And, and uh, you know, you go back to being a clerk. Yeah. And, uh, the rest is history. I went on to build one of the largest independent floor operations and seven seats, 35 sales traders. And, but it was, wow. as I tell everyone, more yeah. balls than brains, and <laughs> right place, right time. But of course, it also comes capitalizing on someone's anger management problem. I mean, who yeah. else could do that? <laughs> well, dude, there was times where I was going to, you know, especially as a tech, like I'd be fixing machines and they'd be dropping papers on my head, all these friggin' and I was like, I'm gonna stick a screwdriver in somebody's forehead here. I gotta oh, yeah. get the hell out of here. Yeah, um, snap like they, an old rubber. They band. don't know what they're messing with, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was lucky. I really was lucky. Good for you. Uh, that's that's incredible. Now, um, you know, I, I gotta imagine that the trading floor is a very very high security area always has been, but especially now post nine 11. I mean, what, right. was there ever a time when you were working there, like filming movies? Cause you had mentioned trading places earlier. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I probably met the biggest stars in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it, it's just amazing. I mean, I, I literally was standing on the floor one day and and they were launching DreamWorks and and Steven Spielberg said, do you mind if I take a picture of you? I mean, I, <laughs> like, you know, standing yeah. next to David Geffen and, and, and Steven Spielberg, you know, you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, you know, so, but, uh, and I, I, back then, nobody had cameras like they have today. So we don't, I don't have any pictures of any. I mean, I have a lot. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. later yeah. on, I, I took a bunch of pictures, but um, yeah, we were blessed, you know? Yeah. But, you know, the world, you, you mentioned 9-11. I, I mean, the world really changed on September 11th for, for me and the business and the way we did business. You know, I happened to be there on, on 9-11 and um, the world changed um, for us, financial services as a whole. You know, um, it started realizing that, you know, having people on a floor trading and then you know something could happen and that shut down for a week you can't have the capital market shut down for a week so slowly but surely it started you know transitioning into a electronic marketplace wow it's uh i'm starting to get an echo from myself i'll have to fix that in post but um <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, nine eleven happens. There's some readjustments going on. Of course, how how much longer are you uh, are you in that business? You know, because so I, I, I stayed. Yeah, I was. Well, I'm I'm actually back, but um, so I stayed on uh, trying to continue the business till around two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, right around in there, and mm -hmm. I decided that. You know, we had downsized the firm. Okay. Uh, it was to the point of, you know, there was, the floor was imploding. There was nobody, you know, it was starting to everybody leave. I actually ran for Congress at that point. Really? I left the floor. I started a real estate company. You know, I was just trying to find myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I wound up coming back to my firm. I never left. So I, I still had an interest in my firm, but I left my day-to-day -day service uh, you sure. know, on the floor uh, to try to pursue a couple of interests. And then I went back um, and that's when I found ACP. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause, okay. So you're, yeah, you're leaving the day-to-day -day stuff like r right before the housing bubble. And then that's about the time that you got into real estate. So exactly. Exactly. It wasn't a pleasant experience. No, I can't I, imagine. I'm the only idiot. I'm the only idiot who started a real estate and, and construction group and building management group at, at the height of a biggest downturn in New York real estate. So well, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, yeah, it's uh certainly unfortunate timing. But uh but yeah, of course that's that's where I run into you is uh is at ACP and uh I forget you would have started there what in twenty sixteen? 2015 yeah around then okay right around yeah then. yeah because i started late 2018 so yeah and uh, yeah. you you because you were there about what six years all told five years five years okay and i still advise there so it's it's um i love the program right i, I love everything oh, yeah. about it um yeah no i found acp was a fluke i i was trying to build out a portion of the business what we call commission recapture business and I came across ACP and it turned out one of the guys that I knew actually 
my the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange, a guy named Dick Grasso, um, was connected to the founder of ACP. And I tried to get him. They were looking for a president at the time. Okay. Um, and I tried to get an interview and I and I did. Uh, you know, that old can do attitude and be careful what you ask for. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I fought like hell to get an uh, in, in, uh, uh, in interview. Sure. And um, they, because they were hiring a president, and I thought, you know, with my background from the Wall Street and oh, corporate, okay. and you know, blah blah blah. Uh, but anyway, I, did, I I went in there, and they talked about a program that they were looking to build, and they asked me if I would lead that. It was called the Citizens Program, mm -hmm. uh, because ACP was built along the lines of corporates, but yeah. a lot of individuals wanted to help veterans also, mm -hmm. and so. They asked me if I could build that out. And of course I had great success um, and fell in love with the program. I mean, as you and I both know, it's it's life-changing for the men and women who take place, Absolutely. Uh, take part in it. And so, you know, I, it, it was very enriching, uh, the actual program piece of it for me. Yeah. Uh, and I did that for almost five years. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... It was always fun. Like as early as I would come in, you were always there before me, uh, you know, uh, microwaving your coffee. You'd been there long enough for your coffee to go cold. That blew my mind. I, I still microwave my coffee. <laughs> well, hopefully not in that mug. That looks rather explosive. <laughs> no, no, but I do it in like solo cups. And my, my, right. My, my family's always like, you're going to die of some kind of shit that you're putting in the microwave solo cups. Uh, I said, if that kills me after all the other shit I took into my body yet, yeah, I'll be yeah. All right. uh, this yeah, this these are dice I'm willing to roll for sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, we uh, we met there, and uh, yeah, ACP the the mission continues, uh, and the whole building out the citizens program continues as well. But as anything, it's you know everything's a work in progress. There's always fine tuning to be done. So, uh, and it led led me to where I am today. You know, and I. You know, my partners used to call me and say, like, when the hell are you going to stop with this adventure and come back? Yeah. And I was like, I'm never coming back to the floor. You know, I'm just not Wall Street. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to wind up, but I'm I'm done with Wall Street. Yeah. And then, uh, I, as you know, about a year or so ago, about a year and a half ago, I got a call from U.S. Cyber Command mm -hmm. uh, and asked me if I would consider building them a program. Um for transition and veterans. And I, that was my out. And I was excited about taking that on, you know, you don't say no to, to your country. Sure. Um, but I also, it was a great opportunity for me. And I had built so many great relationships in corporate America. I felt that I could be real successful with that. And, and that whole thing was helping cyber professionals coming out of the military, get mm -hmm. great jobs in corporate America. As you know, Makes most sense. of your cyber folks are thinking about going to Lidos and you know government contractors. Oh yeah, work. Um, I was connecting them into Bank of America. You know, yeah, four five hundred type companies. So it was a great program, uh, but that uh, was a one year pilot. Okay. And, uh, when they wanted to just extend the pilot, other than locking it in, I was like, I love you guys, but <laughs> I I've dealt with the government and. I'm yep. on my way. Yep. And at, literally at the same time, I had been advised, I had sold my firm on the floor a couple of years ago to a big holding company. 
and I had been advising them for a while and they started talking to me um, and, and they were telling me about a, a company that they were talking to about maybe uh, aligning with, it was a service disabled veteran owned business, um, financial services group, Wall Street firm. Uh, and would I come in and help do some advisory work there and see what it was like. And when I walked in and heard from the, the uh, CEO of that, um, what they were doing, I was like, wow, they have a veteran transition program for disabled veterans where they actually Amazing. go into a hospital Right, they go in to read. They find somebody who's been blown to hell, or and maybe yeah. it's all mental health, whatever. But mm -hmm. somebody at the lowest of lows who think they have no chance of never, never mind a job, but a career. Yeah. Uh, and 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 our firm, Bancroft Capital, has a program where we bring them in, we pay them a salary, we get them licensed up, and we get them on a career path. Right. Incredible. And and uh, it was it blew me away sitting there. Yeah. And so I started talking to the CEO and he said to me, I'd love to have you come in and help me build this thing out. Uh, we're about to, you know, we've been in business five years and he's a combat veteran, you know, yeah. one of the guys first boots on the ground with Madison, Iraq. I mean, just a stellar individual. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm in. And yeah. uh, so back on Wall Street. <laughs> well, but, not quite the capacity, you know. Yeah. You may no, just keep your promise. I said, I said, look, my trading days are over. I am not trading. I don't want to count. I want to be an asset to everybody in the firm. I want to help, you know, help veterans. And, you know, the more money we make, and yes, we are uh, for profit, you mm -hmm. know, the more money we work, make, the more veterans we can get through this program and get on track to a great career. So, oh, that's um, awesome. I get to hit both sides, right? Make a look. Because rich and poor, as you know, you got to have money. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm finding that out more and more every day. <laughs> so expensive <laughs> yeah. to be alive. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no. But, and then at the same time, I get to have that rewarding feeling of helping somebody as they, after they serve their country. Oh, uh, no. And that's, that's amazing. And especially if it's, uh, it's very rare that you can find something that uh, seems to be mutually beneficial, you know, for the company as well as for oh, no doubt. hiring. That no, that's God. I mean, you know, God led me down that road. As we know, there's been, it hasn't, you know, to the outsider, it might sound like it was, a, you know, but yeah. it was a lot of. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, if you down, only take the like long view. Else. Yeah, if you only take the long view, yeah, it's uh, it's nothing but up. But, uh, you know, man, that day to day, <laughs> that, uh, that can yeah. wear you down and, and definitely have some issues. <laughs> Yeah, um, as we know, as we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I uh, yeah, certainly, you know, incredible trajectory. I mean, you think about where you're going. I mean, obviously, you had uh, some uh, some aptitude for success. I mean, yeah, people make fun of McDonald's or whatever, but youngest, what was it, assistant manager in the tri-state area at 17? I claim the fame. I you gotta know. get a McDonald's thing here. I should call McDonald's and say I should be a poster child for you guys. Yeah, no kidding. Like, look at what all you went on to achieve. <laughs> and it's not like you know, it. Hey, it's not like it was accident or all attrition. Like everyone above you got killed. It's McDonald's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even if it is in Brooklyn, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh hell, we should get a spot. McDonald's should be a sponsor of this damn podcast. I I'll see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I don't have to eat any other food on camera. It's a, it's a deal. Uh, I'll drink their coffee though. What the hell? Yeah. Um, come on. Don't you, don't you like a good McDonald's salad? I mean, come on. 
I uh, I decided. Is there a good McDonald's salad? I don't know. I don't go to McDonald's. I I don't know. I always 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 got the same thing, but I just recently uh, gave up sugar. So it's like, oh, that's pretty much the end of uh, every dietary nice. habit I've known since childhood. Back back into building up the. Uh... Yeah, well, I never left. I just, uh, it's like, all right, well, I got to get this diet in check. So, you know, maybe I can uh, lean out a little bit nice. for summer, at least. Outstanding. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, you know, and, and you were talking about growing up, of course, you know, eight kids in a two-bedroom apartment, different time. Speaking of different time, if, if you knew anyone who was looking to join the military today, would you have advice for them or? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's just like coming out. I think you have to strategically figure out going in. Yeah. Right? Do your homework. You know, go. I, I, I definitely, when you consider what, you know, especially, you know, for me, you know, I look back on it. Mm-hmm. I, I probably, you know, 20 years ago might not have been recommending people into it. But seeing what I see out here in, in the world today, yeah. to be able to go in, get an education, take advantage of every aspect of it, Take as much as you can get. Mm-hmm. They have a major, major problem in recruitment right now. Oh, yeah, they so do. So anybody who's listening to this and cut yourself the best deal. Yeah. I mean, you could get a great deal. You could get a great education. And I promise you, I mean, anybody listen, I promise you, just coming out and saying that you served your country for four years is going to set you above and will open doors if you work it. There's great. You know, the same thing coming out, you have to do the same kind of work coming out. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, here I am, world. Yeah. Um, yeah. We do see, as we know, from some of these cuckoo birds, think that the world owns them everything. Bullshit. Right. Not going to get handed anything on a silver platter. Yeah. But if you do a little bit of legwork and a little preparation, you're going to wind up in a great career after you leave the military. But yeah, I, I think anybody with the shit going on in this country today, I think it, it give yourself the time to see the real world uh, that the military will show you and what it's like to really struggle and become disciplined. And I think it's a great avenue for a lot of people. And not everybody, right. but you know, it's certainly not a free ride. That's for sure. Oh no, you will. Uh, you will be uh, asked to contribute <laughs> or made to contribute <laughs> might be the more accurate. Right. You no. you gotta have a lot of patience too, as we both know. Yes, 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 you do. <laughs> yeah, I there's not many people that I've talked to where, uh, you know, maybe they would have done things differently or whatever, but they would have served, you know, and and whether that's you know the unicorn that wanted to serve their country or you know, hey, I've got nothing else going for me. I mean, everybody uh, pretty much across the board is, yeah, I I, I would do it again. Uh, I uh, I certainly got something out of it, you know, serving four years active, and then really got nothing out of my six years of reserves. Let's be honest, but you know. yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, it's lots to be said. I, for you trying. probably don't even know this. I went into the Army Reserves after I left. Oh, I really? so missed the Marine Corps that I joined a cavalry unit over in Staten Island. Yeah, <laughs> and then my business took off, and I had to leave. But I I don't tell many people that but yeah check this out i can assure you no kidding i uh yeah there's my my uh my army uh oh wow i did it but i don't tell too many people i was in the marine corps and then the army what can i say yeah well you know but i did no i was great but i missed the camaraderie of it 
sure. I missed the uniform. So I thought joining the reserves was the way, and, and my uncle happened to be the first sergeant out there, oh, my, my okay. younger uncle. Um, and uh, I did it, but it was only a short time before I had to leave to, my business took off and right. I just did, I couldn't, as a broker on the floor of the exchange as an independent, I couldn't take two weeks off. Oh no, it's uh, impossible. To do my reserve time, so yeah, I had to leave the military. Yeah, and that that was a big reason for me too. I, you know, I, oh, I, you know, I, there's certain aspects of active duty I miss, and I'd been out long enough where that when the prior service recruiter called, hey, do you want to re- do for service? Yeah, that sounds great. Then you get into it. Eh. So I, I guess my advice to people would be if you're looking to join, do active duty, don't do reserves. No one likes reserves. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. Listen, I mean, shit, if you join the reserves today anyway, you're going active. They they pull everybody in. Seems to I mean, be, I yeah. most of them, it seems to me, I mean, wind up on, on regular duty. So go sure. set a plan, man. It's just like that. Just set a plan. You know, look what you're going to get out of it. Don't go in without a guaranteed MOS yes. unless you're running from the law. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in which case they usually don't let you in anymore. They they get yeah. strict. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it looks like they're letting in a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of waivers. They're making up rain waivers. So now's the time, <laughs> yeah. people. Get after it. Exactly. <laughs> well, Tim, I a murderer? Okay, we'll train you to be a murderer. Yeah. All right. So you're already qualified. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tim, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, telling me all that stuff and and dumping the dark, dirty secret of you having been in the Army Reserves. I will forgive that. You know, I understand. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Uh, Yeah. It was fun. It was an interesting herd, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Cavalry unit. Yeah, the... uh, the post commander at my American Legion Hall was uh, was cavalry in, in Vietnam. Yeah. yeah, I definitely would go to battle with these guys. Yeah, I mean, I, great I group. really, I, I I got a kick out of it. I I just don't think I'd want to be in front. No, no. I, <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, and I don't think I'd want to do weekend warrior because it's just kind of you know I don't know. For me, even with the Navy Reserves, it was like week to week, you know, month to month. I forgot what we were doing, like. What uh, am I doing again? Well, especially going from the Marine to the to the, the, the Army, you know. Oh yeah. Uh it is culture shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and I'm, I'm not knocking it, soldiers. Gav, I love you. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, they're different services. And so I had this expectation uh that I was going into a Marine Corps reserve type of unit, and it just is different. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yep. Every branch is different, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, sure. I, again, really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything that, uh, any, anything you want to put out there? Any links, promotions? Yeah, I'm good. I uh, listen, I, I will say this, find me on LinkedIn. You know, they, if, if you're, especially if you're a transition and service member and I can help you, I have a huge network. You know, I know, I don't want to say all, but most of the talent people in 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 uh, in corporate America, just about you know hundreds of companies that I'm interconnected with. If I can open a door for you, I'm happy to do so. Uh, that's awesome, Tim. And uh, I, I will say, maybe you don't know everyone, but everyone knows you. So if you cold call them, they're gonna know without looking at the caller ID who it is. So uh, you're you're, you're rep- the best, AB. <laughs> uh, your your reputation precedes you. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. And I'll put uh, your LinkedIn link uh, in the YouTube and uh, podcast description so people can come find you. 
Outstanding. All right. It was great to be here. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. Have a great rest of your Saturday morning.